Welcome to Center Stage with international opera star Pamela Kuhn. And now, here is your host, Pamela Kuhn. And the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. When I met artist Brian Catling recently on a trip to London, I was swept away by a man who has jumped headlong into life, his work, and his self-proclaimed obsessiveness. But that obsessive quality is in his desire to share his work with the world. And there is no shortage of art to share. Brian Catling is recognized as a visual artist of renown, poet, performance artist, sculptor, and author of The Vor, a trilogy of fantasy books about to be made into a major miniseries. Besides being won over by his tall physical presence, I was immediately attracted to his energy. His buoyant sense of humor and cockney work ethic seem to be rolled into one. And it's that work ethic that defies his dyslexia and slight stammer when he speaks. So how did this East End of London kid rise to be the extraordinary artist that he is today? In part one of this interview, we covered his beginnings and his passion for art. It was a mold that was cast down by his adoptive parents, who lovingly and freely allowed him to develop whatever talents he possessed, and art came to the surface. As we discussed earlier, Brian Catling is not afraid to visit the dark side of art and the sometimes raw elements of life, but he manages to accomplish his vision while revealing a unique sensitivity. And though he has experienced his own share of tragedy, he manages to resist depression. He believes in work, the work that keeps all of us grounded and on our intended path. So take a moment and go to BrianCatling.net, and that's C-A-T-L-I-N-G, and explore the provocative and sometimes raw and unsettling art of a man who is not afraid to wear his truce. In part two now, we discuss the future of his popular fantasy trilogy of books centered around the Vore, his art installation at the Tower of London, and what it means to be installed as a royal academician at the Royal Academy of Arts. I have to just let this relaxed conversation roll for you folks. We met at the Malthouse Pub in West London for breakfast. It was somehow the perfect venue for the man who has no pretense in life, just an obsessive hunger to get his art out to the world. So, never stops. you're really an outsider. Yeah, I think so. I've always been a bit that way. Yeah, so, I don't quite fit. How important is being an outsider in art? Um, if my teaching experience tells me it's not, that it's because if I believe that, then I wouldn't be able to teach. Um, I think hard work is more important than being an outsider. But I think sometimes. If you have this perverse thing and you have this obsessive thing together, mm-hmm. even if you're not an outsider for any other way, you make yourself that uh-huh. because you refuse to do it any other way. Right. So it's, a, it's a sort of stubborn thing. Mm-hmm. It's a stubborn thing that must have a self, high self-critical faculty, so it's being examined all the time for quality. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was writing, the, started to write the Vore, I, I mean, I wasn't sure, so I was sending it to people, friends, saying. Is this making sense? 
Uh, I'm, I'm not just sort of writing, uh, Jack is a sad boy, Jack is a sad boy, Jack is... I mean, there is actually something here, isn't there? And they said, oh yeah, we didn't know you could write prose. I said, I didn't know I could write prose. So I mean, so I test it to make sure I'm not... Because I want to keep the critical thing really high, so it's mm-hmm. not... So it's not an indulgence. Mm-hmm. It can never be that. I'm no, I have no interest in but, that at all. But the wild visions and the fantasy and the spectacle in the war, it really, it really urges me to think that Terry Gilliam, you know, is, is the man for the job to yeah, kind of yeah, get this out visually. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Or uh, um, there's a few others, of course. I mean, um, um, I'm really pleased it's, it, 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 it's Terry, but... David Lynch would be interested as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You got but, um, it. So to be drawn into this unbelievable epic fantasy world visually, this this is going to be divine for you. What else, what's going to happen to the Oxford Don when he is famous? Or like? Hey. Well, because I retired, it's, I mean, I, I'm, I've become an, an emeritus professor, so I think it would be good for the school because they'll have mm-hmm. this name attached to them, which mm-hmm. can't do them any harm. Um, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know. I mean, because I've lived this way I'm living now in my life, if I was given, like, a, a bucket of money, mm-hmm. I'd probably spend it very badly. <laughs> it might not exist the next year, but I can't think I can't think what else I would do with it because I've never owned a house or a car I don't drive. So possessions are not, you know, that important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so going places is interesting. I like to travel, but I can do that as well. So, I mean, I, I don't really know. The answer is I don't know if I would buy that island. Mm-hmm. It might be the, the worst thing I could do. Mm-hmm. I think this will be a very exciting time for you, probably. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Very exciting. I want to get back to yeah. um, a piece of art you did uh, for the Tower of London. Yes. To commemorate yeah. everyone who had been executed inside the tower. Tell me, your artwork is is round and kind of like Oxford. It, it, there's a kindness about it. Was was that part of the thought process? That was behind? Part, I think because my imagination is so dark that the projects like this come to me. So this was a, uh, a sort of competition, a kind of sort of five artists up for this. But mm-hmm. someone said when they contacted me and said your name's on this, you know. This is the blood spot. This is where Henry killed his wives. This is where mm-hmm. anyone who got in the way of Elizabeth I was murdered mm-hmm. politically and inside this thing. But so, so I looked at it carefully and did the research. And the first thing, they asked the artist to, to work with a poet. So, so it gave an inscription together. And I thought, well, that's going to be easy. That's me too. That's so, right. that's but you. if I get the text right, then I can get the sculpture right. But the main point of it was that in the tower, the block, the block, the axe and the block, because mm-hmm. they were all decapitated. Um, I said, not true, the lost ones were shot. But the, uh, it's the thing, they they kind of celebrate it. You can buy one, you can take a little model home with you. You can uh, take a model home. You can take a model block and an axe. <laughs> and, and, and the beef eaters never stop talking about it. They talk about blood all day long. They love it. Yeah. So I couldn't replace that. Because this is a, this is a monument. This is a monument to those who were murdered. This is a monument, and it's a kind of apology. So I thought, if I made a a, 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 a pillow with an impression of someone's head like they had been sleeping, and that oh. was put instead of the block, it's it it's a it's a kind of act of kindness. So I made the thing in clay, made the right kind of impression, and then cast it in glass. So it's a glass pillow. 
with an impression of where someone's head would have been. Beautiful. And it sits at the centre of something which is then, you know, so it's the only thing in there that kind of works like that. Everything mm-hmm. in there is kind of about brutality and mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was <laughs> intriguing because the beef eaters didn't like it. Really? The beef eaters didn't want anything that was contemporary. The idea of them, the word itself is, a, is an anathema to them. They and they're all ex-sergeant majors and they all live right. in the wall of the tower. They right. actually live there. Right. There are a few were on my side, but not a lot. So they just wanted to stay with their stories of blood and the, and, and the plain block and the whole well, At one point, someone suggested <laughs> one of them. I demanded that I spoke to them all together. And, and they said, no, you don't want to do that. I said, yes, I do want to do that. I'm not intimidated by people in costume. So that goes very badly. And, so, but one, one of them said, well, why couldn't it just be a fountain with, like, red liquid? Why, and, I, what, what, and I couldn't resist. I said, what, with a head bobbing up and down on top? They went, yeah. And I, I said, it's a monument to those who died, not the act, the act of execution. Exactly. Um, exactly. But they have to keep tourism up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was the first thing, after I got the text, the next thing I watched, I went there and watched... What there was before was just a little plaque and a concrete lump. Mm-hmm. And people would come up to it, to just come up to it and say, oh, this is it, and then click and walk away. And I thought, I want to engage them. So I put the text on the, on the black disc of uh, black granite. Right. So to read it, you have to walk around. All the way around. So when Beautiful. you go there now, mm-hmm. everyone else is walking like this, and then you see this group going mm-hmm. around in circles. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it was about the place that if you are... If you have come to see this place where these things happen, you, you, you're engaged, you're, you become implicit. You've got, you've got to walk its perimeter. And that was the first thing I noticed, too, was that it was round, yeah, that yeah. there was movement. Again, yeah, you're coming yeah. back to singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you and I have a connection there. Yeah, yeah, no, no, <laughs> I like that. I really like that. You are a performance artist as well, and I know what, I was reading about one of your exhibitions where you actually boated down the Thames from Oxford. Yeah, no, that's, here. yeah that's a bit of a mistake, that description. Um, I mean, I, I, that was, that sounded like it was part of the work. It wasn't. I just took my boat from Oxford <laughs> just so I could stay in it because I was performing for six, I was performing for eight hours a day for 16 days. That's right. And I just slept in the boat. That was it a was, marathon. It was about that. So, so it was, uh, well, let's leave the, in the story. I think it's a good one. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like Doc Holliday. Yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah. I, I like this idea. I don't mind this big arrival. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think in that article, has even suggested I made the boat. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't get that far, Brian. Good, good, good. good. <laughs> That's a stretch. It would have been an interesting boat, though. It would have, but it probably would have sunk. I mean, I know what I'm good at. I'm not a, a sub. I'm not. It's never sunk in it. it Full of holes. I'm, I'm not that kind of craftsman. <laughs> Something tells me though it might have been like your bow, and it would have been yeah, really kind of. Yeah, it would have been unusual, but it would have probably been lethal. I love this, <laughs> Brian. If 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 I had to ask you what the most important point in your life was, is is there a cathartic moment, and it can be as simple as just the moment your parents took you home. I mean, yeah. is the, it, I know there are many moments in your life. You you are a huge man with a huge career, and um, um, but there's always one moment. No one's ever asked that question. Um, it's, I can't find it. Um, 
you know what? It'll I come to you it. Yeah, it in will. a wellspring moment, and then you're going to write another book. <laughs> I think I think I could answer it another way. That when, um, particularly in America, when I'm when I'm um, going to bookshops and reading from the book, or or I'm, I'm signing the book, mm-hmm. and very very positive audiences, very very uh, very, very intense audiences. One of the questions, when I explained as I did before, that the um, um, it took me a long time to, to start this book on page yes. three, and then it suddenly went. One of the serious questions is, what was the cathartic moment yeah. that made this happen? My answer is, it was a laptop. It's called a laptop. Something was invented that I could use. That you could actually facilitate fast. It, yeah, and I could carry it with me, and... Oh. It helped my dyslexia, and suddenly, I think that's what made the flow. I think that's what opened the gate. Wow! And it's and it's and it's a mechanical thing, but it then meant once I could see it coming up, mm-hmm. it, I just dived in. Again, it's visual. I think you're yeah. just. Clu- Are you a synesthete? I don't think so. I just. I I'm, I'm constantly asking yeah, this question no, with really certain people because I think some have this uh, facility yeah. to be able to conjure up colors and no, vision and have it affect their very being. No, I, not consciously. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a lot of things I do are, are not conscious anyway. They're things that, that are sort of uh, are below the surface. But obviously the synapses in your brain are firing very quickly. Yeah, I mean... And you get onto that laptop and it flows. Well, one of the things that was happening, and this is true, I'm writing... And I'm going, he didn't. He didn't. So it's coming out like that. That's when people think I'm channeling. I say, no, it's not that. It's just as I'm writing, I'm seeing seeing the picture develops and it develops in dimension. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because of the artist you are. You know, you're giving a master class constantly with yourself. If you're if you're asking that kind of question and reacting, that is so wonderful. That's what makes it so exciting. I mean, I've always wanted to be in a Western, and suddenly I was... That was probably the motivation for writing it, because mm-hmm. I was in it. I was mm-hmm. in the street with a gun on my hip, standing there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that, of course, you become all of it. You, 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 it, it the whole thing takes over. Um, you are amazing me. Well, I'm, maybe in your next life you're going to be an opera singer, <laughs> and then you, know, you really will be singing, or you'll be driving a Harley Davidson, and uh, then well, we can go into that realm may be of more, Western. If you heard my voice, there's more chance I'd be driving a Harley Davidson. <laughs> Music is the one thing that's... I've nev- two things I've never been able to do, and I've tried, and that's other languages and music. The sort of mathematical part of my brain that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the ordering... Of, I mean, I love music, of course, but it's but the ordering of it. I tried to learn the piano and to read music. Mm-hmm. But it was impossible. Mm-hmm. I have never learned another language. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so I think those limitations actually help as well because they they're stenotic, They squeeze. They squeeze what you have in a particular way. That's right. That's um, right. Even more. Yeah. Even yeah. more. Even yeah. more. Oh, I, I, think, I think you're making music all the time, Brian. <laughs> all you. the time. Nice all the time. <laughs> if, if there is one word you could conjure to sum yourself up, is it possible? Um, obsessive. Yeah. But it's an obsession that I want, but I'm obsessive about sharing. It's beautiful. It's not one I just want to keep at home with. I'd go nuts. 
That's beautiful. Yeah. That's wonderful. So what now, Brian Howling? What now? Um, well, I'm painting more and more. Um, I, 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 my studio's in a school where I make things with machinery, but I'm painting at my kitchen in my conservatory, so I write and paint there, and they're small paintings the size of this table. So I'm, I'm, that's why I'm going now, when I go back. That's what I'm going to be doing all weekend. I'm going to be sitting at the table painting and writing. Um, so that's the plans. I want to travel more. I'm, I'm certainly going back to America in November. Um, I'm in the first book, um, one of the characters is Sarah Winchester. And the, the Winchester house. She was the... Uh, she inherited all the money of the... Winchester repeating a rifle, and then the tragedy. She 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 inherited her husband. He died very quickly. Their child died. They say it's a terrible description, but the child died while she was suckling it, and she just went she went a little crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's millions and millions of dollars. So she started to go to mediums and, and fortune tellers. And one of them said, the only way you're going to get... Oh, yeah, and they also said that, that everyone that's ever been shot by that gun, including the Indians, are going to be coming after you. And that's why they've taken your... That's why they've taken your child and your husband. It's a terrible thing to say to someone. Good Lord. And they said, the only thing you can do is to go to the end of the railway line and build a huge house for you and their spirits. And she took it li li literally. So she, she was friends with Leyland Stanford, Leyland Stanford, the university man, mm -hmm. the, the mm -hmm. railway man. And she, she said, build me a line into somewhere. So he built a train line, she took it, and then she started to build this house. Most of it still exists. It was a big lump that was burnt, was burnt down in the 50s, I think. But it's mad, because the idea, she never, she took it literally, she never stopped building it. Day and night, there were people building that house. So there's stairways that go up to nowhere. There are doors that go into nowhere. There are sealed in rooms. It's mm -hmm. a mechanical kind of shivery thinking. She had to house all of those people who yeah. had been killed. She was, she was in there by herself, just her and her servants. And, and uh, you could imagine this. And this so I, I described it as like the house was always... Because the spirits and the carpenters are working day and night. Exactly. exactly. Which is incredible. You can't make these things up. You see, no. I mean, whatever you say about imagination, <laughs> and I love it. Then you find out it's it's there. Mm -hmm. It's been done. Mm -hmm. So that's what, when I go back next time. That's the first thing on the first thing on the, How uh, on, on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How exciting! And where is this house? It's just outside of San Francisco somewhere. I'm not quite sure, um, but I'll find it. Oh, yes, you yeah. will. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> but it's, it, it's, it's a tourist attraction. You can see it on the internet. You can see you can just, you're right in the Winchester house and I'll be covered. Of course. Of but course also it's been be. an inspiration to many books, including the wonderful Haunting, the book The Haunting, mm -hmm. um, because it's you know, the idea of a house occupying or being a container for those forces. Mm -hmm. um, it's mm -hmm. such a strong idea. Yeah, it so is. it's probably... Just, you know, it's probably a kind of um, a physical um, a machine for the haunted house. He actually made it. <laughs> An incredible idea, isn't it? And then you thought, I'm really going to ramble now. But then the other thing was my bridge. That was the other great shot. Right? I, I, I'd always thought these photographs were... 
haunted. There's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Okay, we know what they are. They're about movement and about cameras, but there's something wrong. And that Francis Bacon had them torn up in his studio. Lots of people with dark imagination are attracted to those images. I couldn't figure out what it was, but I thought, I want the in somewhere. So I want this character, this real character, into the book. So I started to write it into the book. And I thought, I need to know more. So I started to read about him. And then I found he's a murderer. He actually shot someone in cold blood in San mm-hmm. Francisco, mm-hmm. just outside, Silvermine just outside. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and then his life with the, with the Indians, his life in the world, he went places that no one else went or yeah. would dare to go. Because yeah. he wasn't carrying trapping for you, he was carrying this box on his back to take photographs of, so it's no one understood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he becomes very, very strange. He gets older yes. and older. Um, so the darkness, the, the, the element in the photos, yeah, yeah this is but then, But the final proof, I think, for me was that there's another photographer who, exactly the same time, a Frenchman called Marais, Etienne Marais, um, who was also making movement photographs, and they're beautiful. They are real. Each photograph is beautiful. He's also an inventor. Mm-hmm. These inventions are beautiful, and my bridges are not. So there's this comparison. But you could get two photographs of movement. Okay, my bridge. Yeah, Mary, my bridge. Yeah, no you can doubt. tell the difference. Yeah. yeah, isn't it interesting what we put into our art? I yeah. mean, the entire aura of yeah. who we are, and how it gets in, and how it. Colors yeah. and flavors things. Yes, well, yes, yes. That's really a mysterious. But I mean, it's still, you know, people don't really know. I mean, the the kind of synapses in the brain and the alignments, all those things, you know, but the, the individual things are just remarkable. It is. It is. <laughs> and so are you, Brian. So are <laughs> oh no, you. no, I'm not. I'm just oh a, yeah, you are. I'm just a worker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you for this interview. I want to thank you for being on center stage. Pleasure. This Pleasure. has been remarkable Thank and you. hopefully we will be able to do this again after yeah. you, you you get everything mounted and you're a big star yeah. and you'll invite me to the island please yeah, cool. <laughs> or I might bring some paintings to Connecticut yes 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 yes, yes. When, you, when you come how, how long do you stay in the States oh Ginny about minimum two weeks yeah um, as long as I can really but now I've got more time on my hands yeah I've got, I, that's a bit of a surprise. I can actually spend longer. So it's. Um, You're like a big kid. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. really are. I've, you know, it's. Uh, and I'm still excited by it all. That's wonderful. I, I, I mean, I, I, of course, I have a, a good s- s- cynical side as well, but it, it's not. I suppose what I do is I have a, a total optimism by individuals mm-hmm. and the total pessimism by Opa Homo sapiens. <laughs> Between those two things there's a balance. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. You're always going to be okay. You are always going to well, be okay. I've been lucky. I, it's an extraordinary incident. I'm, um, I was made an RIA last yes. two years oh, ago, which yeah, is an amazing thing. That. Amazing thing. <clears throat> um, that's a real privilege. I mean, there's only 80 and they select their sales on a bit. I've now seen the process. I mean, God's name, did I get through this? But This but is a Royal Academician? Yeah, Royal Academician. Yeah. I'm looking at this word. How do I pronounce that? <laughs> you know? It's a funny it's word. Something Academician. <laughs> it was, the Royal Academy was set up by Sir Joshua Reynolds 250 years ago because he wanted something for artists to be 
who, who are recognised. Yeah. As, and it's been established and it's been flourishing ever since. But then every summer they have this big dinner party in the main galleries and it's very posh. I mean, we've got a medal, we wear medals. We have frock coats and bow ties, and, and sort of some of the royal families there, and nice. you know, uh, famous people. So it's all like. So I'm sitting next to this man who looks like an English comedian, and um, he's not, but he keeps reminding me of this. And he's very fake, he talks like this. And he's actually, I'm a judge. So I said, all right, okay. And he's saying that he's got a space in the old Bailey where they'd like a piece of sculpture. And I'm saying, well, I don't really do that kind of work, you know. And um, he said, no, no, but we could do something. There. I said, yeah, yeah, but I don't, you know, I said, I have limited time. He said, no, no, you don't, you've got 11 years, and that should be lots of time. And I said, sorry, what did you say? He said, I'm not quite sure. I said, I think you just told me my death date. I said, I don't do things like that. I said, you did, he said, yes, I think I said 11 years, but I don't know where it came from. So I said, well, that's very good. He said, is it? I said, yeah, that suits me. That's about right. I see an old age, and I'm not particularly looking forward to that. But 11 years, it's good. So it was a really strange thing. And he was going, oh, I must apologise. I said, no, you don't have to apologise. I don't know where it came from. You don't know where it came from, but it came from somewhere. Okay, right. You are totally surrounded by <laughs> some, some sort of channeling spirits. So they're, wow. Yeah. But it was so, so, some, it was so matter of fact and so accidental. So <laughs> eleven just popped out. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Now ten, of course, the year's gone, but it's you know a lot has happened in the last year, so. So <laughs> make hay. In yeah, the no, decade. indeed, indeed, and make work even more. <laughs> oh my God, you are delightful. Uh, you are absolutely delightful. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God. Oh my I God. Just, I mean, I like being alive, and I like using my imagination, and I like. Seeing people respond to it. I mean, how could you not want that? To me, Brian Catling creates a palette of no nonsense style for all artists. An inspired dedication to work is what we all want, but few possess it with his brand of pleasure. Please go to briancatling.net for further information or my website at centerstagewithpamelacoon.com. Now this is Pamela Coon, and the curtain is down on Center Stage. Thank mm-hmm. you.